Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas, Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and Nicole Shaded. And special guest, Alyssa Mann, the queen of romance. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination, one book at a time. They are three book girls. I've got to go to Walmart. Good luck. Like I, I drove it's by apocalypse again. People are losing their fucking minds. You know, I, the, the I one know one. you don't understand. I have. <laughs> oh no, I got it. Like yeah. two slices of turkey in my refrigerator, and that's like all the food I have in my house. And I only have like <laughs> one more roll of toilet paper. That's just bad timing on your part. You should have been paying attention to the weather. Well, I didn't realize that I would have to, that it escaped my mind that this was end of month and I work in an accounting office. And so I've worked basically 40 hours in the last three days, two days. <laughs> you know, I just haven't had time. And in Oklahoma, every time the weather turns bad, people lose their mother bleeping minds. I drove by the big Walmart off Northwest Expressway. I like. 10 a.m. this morning and literally it looked like it was Christmas again. Because usually, like it's always packed. Must get bread and milk. Oh my gosh. But the, the like people were trying to turn in from the opposite side of the street. So there's like actually people backed up. And Cripes. then the like parking lot was actually all the way back to up to Northwest Expressway, which only happens during Christmas time. Like I've never seen it that. It's always full, but not yeah. that freaking full. Because the, the weather's supposed to come in in the morning. Well, it's supposed to start tonight. Well, yeah, late late tonight. I think they said eight. It it looks a little sketch out there right now, but we're not supposed to, even in the worst case scenario, three inches, which to people in Canada, they're laughing their asses off at us right now. <laughs> three inches of snow in Oklahoma, though, is... is and on a Sunday, don't, like, we're not going yeah, here. It's all, not work. All I know is I had to go buy new windshield wipers because I broke mine earlier this week. Yeah, it was like the ice. Yeah. <laughs> the ice pulled the rubber off. And so <gasps> yes, that's, why, oh, no. that's why when you come in in the morning, you got to make sure you, your windshield wipers are sitting out yeah. from your car. So it's because I melted all the ice, but then it had refrozen and I didn't put uh, the, the things up. And like, I just turned it on because I was melting my ice again Rip. and it just ripped off and I was like oh shit this has never happened to me before it, they were also like really old like probably yeah. two three years old yep that'll happen but mm. I was like I have to get new ones before n- more rain I, you forget <laughs> you forget how extreme the weather can be in other places when you live someplace like this you forget the days back when you were young speaking of you meaning me when you go out to get in your car and the accelerator sticks in the frozen position. <laughs> frozen. Literally frozen. Down. And, and you got to get underneath the hood and wiggle the little gadget. I woke up many times in Reno to four feet of snow. And they were like, school opens at 10 a.m. today. So yeah, you had to spend your two hours of no school digging your car out. Exactly. <laughs> and here, if, if the weather forecaster says we might get some ice... Then the school's closed. So the school's closed twice uh-huh. last week. To be fair, uh, I got in the car on Wednesday morning without having looked at the weather, and it was a traffic apocalypse. It outside. really was. Yeah, people do not know how to thing. drive in it. Yeah, fourteen car pileup. Yeah, that is right on the exit yes. ramp, right by where I work. I was like, 
I looked over because I was going the other way and I was like, what is that Mountain Dew truck doing? (laughs) Well, it had 14 cars behind it. That's what was happening. Oh, my goodness. It was, it took me a almost a full hour to get to work. I work 12 miles from my job. Whew. Yeah. So, yeah, here we are. We're not dead. We made it. Yeah. We survived the ice. I nearly got squished by a semi-truck on my way here, though. Oh, yeah, but Martha almost died today. I almost died today. And then he flipped me off, bastard. Squish me, will ya? What else happened this week? Bonnie? I've just been working. I don't think anything exciting happened, except I was going to give a shout-out to the people at work. Hey, listen. You sounded so excited to be talking Woo. to the people at your work. Woo. Well, you know, we've finally gotten a group of people at my work that everybody really gets along. Everybody has fun. Everybody helps everybody out. Yeah, you work long hours, especially like end of month, like I said, but it's really awesome. So you got the whole team back together. It's like yeah. it's like the the A team. We, we're, we're in our groove. I love we it when a plan comes together. But which one would be Mr. T in that scenario? That you're Mr. You? T, obviously. Because you're the best. <laughs> so you're Mr. I T. Pity the fool. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> no, she's the guy that smokes the cigar. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. He's the, you know, the guy who smokes the cigar. Well, I know I'm not the pretty boy. I know which one in the office would be the pretty boy. No, don't say it because you'll make the others jealous that you no, think I'm that, the, that you, that you think that she's. What do you mean you don't think I'm the pretty one? Well, in books this week, yeah, Alyssa has. I know that was a terrible transition. <laughs> yeah, Did you it was see the jelly bean come yeah. flying out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was laughing. Did I gleep? Gleep. <laughs> Here, book girls. Here's a tip for you: Don't eat jelly beans while you're trying to do a podcast. Because you gleek, you gleek, gleek, just don't eat jelly beans. Ever. You can look that up on Urban Dictionary. I think that it, that should be any Urban Dictionary. Clay, mm-hmm. In case you don't know what the slang is. I don't. Oh, and another <laughs> funny thing about this week hmm. is that I've discovered that I am no good at texting on my Apple Watch. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Did you save that text that you sent me? Well, I don't have my Apple Watch with me, but... I, she, oh my God. I said something about us being reading divas. And I'm like, we're reading divas. And it changed it to breeding divas. <laughs> breeding divas. And then one time I tried to text her or something about being hot, as in, you know, warm. Uh-huh. And it changed it to hard. So <laughs> I just sent her a text that said, I'm hard. <laughs> and, and I'm sitting here at home going, now, if this was from a guy, I'd be a little worried right now that she was telling me she's hard. I'm like, Bonnie, what the hell are you talking about? Oh, I'm using my Apple Watch again. Oh, okay. My regular phone changes fucking to ducking and no. <laughs> and shit to shut. But my Apple Watch is all about me being hard and breeding. <laughs> yep. Breeding has always been in my vocabulary. Come on now. Who uses that word? Breeding. That's what I'm going to start. I'm not gonna. I I'm can't not gonna remember the last anymore. time I I'm gonna said put breeding. <laughs> this use breeding, it like a swear. This breeding traffic is <laughs> breeding <laughs> pissing me off. Oh my god! Breed. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't have the same flow as fuck breed. And we came up with a new word in the office for because you know a lot. So many people don't like the word moist. 
It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother, bother me either. either. A lot of makes people, me think about cake. So um, we started calling it hydrated. Uh, it just makes it so much worse, Martha. <laughs> <laughs> so we started calling everything hydrated. Ooh, so hydrated. then we're like, those are really hydrated cookies. <laughs> That's even weirder. That's super weird. That's weird. That's how my office is. We're we're freaking hilarious. We could be on our, our own real <laughs> reality TV. The reality TV. The girls we're at remaking, the dealership. We're remaking the office <laughs> up there. And just call it the dealership. But which one would be Dwight? <laughs> you. Definitely you. <laughs> I can see somebody putting your stapler in jello. <laughs> Let's piss off Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> the office is hilarious. I have to say, though, that uh, I did not watch the British version of The Office. I, I did. watched That's a good. little of it. I, I watched the American version of The Office. The American version is, I, I liked it better. Hmm. I know was usually gonna, you like the British I do better. usually like the British, and I didn't watch the British version because I didn't I think really they're both very, know. they're very different things. Yeah. The pilots are exactly the same. Yeah. But they're both extremely different things mm-hmm. but i mean i've never watched the uh the american version of shameless shameless because i watched the british version i've never seen fucking awesome i've never funny. seen either version are they good oh, oh my god, god. It's oh so, my god apparently it's i've good. only seen the american one and it is good but so, like we talked about the hbo show thing last epi- like last podcast mm-hmm. it's like it's pretty out there in regards to it's like it's rated R. Well, this is yeah. like the, the British version is definitely rated R. Cover oh my your gosh. Ears. In fact, <laughs> just talking about it makes me want to go watch it again because it's so funny. You should try the American. Like, I, you know, I, I kind of try it separately. Like, don't expect it to be exactly like because uh-huh. it's definitely a comedy. Mm-hmm. In the mm-hmm. British version. It's a comedy. It's a straight on dark black comedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would have to say I liked both versions equally. Hmm. Because I watched the British version first and then watched the American version, and I liked them both. They really? were both really good. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I really like William H. Macy. I think he's a really great actor. But mm-hmm. Okay, because I was so busy this week, I did not finish the book oh. that was sent to us by the Bonnie publisher. Didn't so finish I'll, homework. I know. Well, it's, it's a straight-on book, so I can't... It's not audio. Oh. It's an actual page-turning book and i don't have much left but you want to finish it completely though because then if it has a sucky ending you will have given or if it has a phenomenal ending right and changes you know the way you feel about it yeah i don't even know what i'm gonna review my world perspective i want to make sure but i have a book that one of our facebook listeners actually recommended for me Oh, I love it when they give us suggestions, especially if they've listened to all of our podcasts and they know which books we have reviewed. It makes it so much easier to actually review a book that a listener wants us to review. If so, recommend more books to us. We would love that, especially if you know what we've done already. We would we're we're interested. You know what we like. You know which one of us should read. Somebody shouted out Alyssa. On Twitter. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay, um, this book was actually recommended to me by Sharon Dolitsky, 
who we've talked back and forth and she also like knits. And so I've talked back and forth <laughs> with her sometimes. She um, recommended White Chrysanthemums by Mary Lynn Bratch. And this is a World War II book because, you know, <laughs> I am the queen of war. And it is about a Korean girl who is kidnapped and thrown into a military brothel to be a comfort woman for Japanese soldiers. And just by that, you can guess what a comfort girl does. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those sad ones that Martha will never read. <laughs> and if she was in here right now, she would tell me so. Yep. <laughs> but how this book starts out is um, it's, they, it's a family who lives by the ocean. And to earn money, what they do is they dive to the bottom of the ocean for like mussels and seaweed and stuff like that. And they take it to the market and sell it for, you know, and the, the father is a fisherman and there's two daughters, there's two girls. And one of them at the time is 16, I want to say. And the other one's like nine. She might only be eight. I don't remember exactly. And the oldest one is old enough to go diving with um, her mom for mollusks and seaweeds, but the youngest one has to stay on shore and like watch, you know, she like watches the bucket of their catches. And um, she's, the mother has warned them to stay away from soldiers at all costs. Don't talk to them, stay away from them. Don't even let them see you. And uh, the older one, her name's Hannah or Hannah, I guess it's Hannah. Um, comes up for air after a dive and sees soldiers coming across the beach and her sister sitting there on the beach. And they haven't seen her sister yet. You know, she tries to deter them and get up there to warn her sister to hide. And she gets up and warns her sister to hide, but they see her and they kidnap her. And she's thrown on a train with a bunch of other girls I who have been kidnapped to be comfort women. And, you know, so her saga begins. She's in the um, the military brothel for, I would say, about three months. And then she tries to escape. And I'm not going to tell very much more about it because you have to read the book to find out what happens. But it was, it was good. It was a really good book. It's well-written. It's kind of a fast read. I've been doing audio on this one, but I don't have a lot of time to do audio because I now only live 10 minutes away from work. So, <laughs> Also, this story is told from two points in time. One of them, the, the youngest daughter is um, older, uh, you know, grandmother herself. And it's told from that point of time by the youngest daughter and then from 1943 from the older daughter. So that was kind of interesting and they didn't skip around a whole lot, which is good. And I always knew when the timeline changed. That's In audio, that's not always easy to tell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I hate it when they do that, when a narrator doesn't pause. Well, they would like, like, (laughs) now I sound like, 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 like me, like, like what they would do is, um, like, sorry, Alyssa, they would, um, I know how I sound. <laughs> I <don't care. laughs> how I've spoken since, I don't know, the fifth grade. <laughs> they would say Alyssa and it would go into her or Hannah oh, and then go into her. That's so nice. 
I think they need to give lessons to narrators on how to. They were like announcing, Hannah. Well, maybe it's like, I did it now just to, um, at the beginning of a a chapter, when they have the chapter heading, Mm -hmm. a lot Mm -hmm. of times they'll switch back and forth between the characters and it'll actually be listed that way. Mm -hmm. Like in a book? Yeah. It's Uh, really bad when you can't tell in a book. You're like, when the fuck are we? (laughs) Yeah. Who Who is this? Wait a minute. (laughs) What are we doing? (laughs) I know. It's crazy, isn't it? And annoying. Because then you have to back up, and you're like, "Wait, wait, wait!" I, well, happened? you can't you can't back up when you're doing an audiobook. It's too hard. I mean, you mm-hmm. can, but I mean, you can't. It's you not can that. you, you can back up, the but, back button. but it's easier to see where you are. You know, <laughs> where you lose your place. Um, whatever. Yeah, you know what? It's I too mean. much work for Martha. <laughs> I'm like, fuck it. If you Martha's didn't, like, if you go, don't know, go, go. if you didn't, if you didn't set it out properly in the first place. You don't know you your time. Martha's got hers on like quadruple fast forward. So <laughs> by the time she realizes she needed to, yeah, she needs to go back like an hour late. in the book. Yeah. I, to be fair, I don't listen to all books that way. <laughs> Just the ones that have boring parts. <laughs> I finally got my internet back. So, oh my god, finally! <laughs> so she's binging Netflix instead of listening to her books. Instead of doing her homework, she's fucking off. Teasing you. A little bit. How long were you without internet? A month? It was only like three weeks. That's a long time, though. I don't know that any of us could do that. I lasted four days one time, and then I had to just go to Starbucks for three hours and use their (laughs) Wi Fi. So I was like, I can't do it. I would just sit on the couch and look at the TV that was blank and say, All right, I got to find a book. But yeah, this was, I mean, this was a good book. It's emotional. Sharon, thanks for recommending this book. It was right up my alley. I loved it. Oh, it our friend read. Sharon. Yeah, Sharon recommended the book to me and she told me to let her know what I thought about the ending. So I will be sending her a Facebook message to let her know what I thought about the ending. Excellent. Which I cannot say what the ending was. Of course not. Did you know that our, our Sharon friend, our book girl Sharon, is also a knitter? Really? Yeah, we we talk back and forth about knitting and crochet projects. I know you she's guys like are like Bonnie's soulmate. Yeah, she I is. Know. And you know what? She's coming to Oklahoma City. Oh, is cool. she really? Yes, she is. I told her she should come on the podcast. So we're going to get to meet Sharon in person. That'll be great. Okay, title and artist, baby. What if I wasn't done? What if you're just rushing me right now? <laughs> Listen, you weren't even here for half of the review, and now you're. She rushing said me. it was really good twice. She said that. And I, I thought you were done. Twice. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just messing with you. Fine. <laughs> it's called White Chrysanthemums by Mary Lynn Bratch. And FYI, White, Cathr- White Chrysanthemum? Chrysanthemums, White Chrysanthemums <laughs> are funeral flowers in Korea. Chrysanthemum. <laughs> They're mums for short. Oh. Is that what How do you are? say yeah. it? Chrysanthemum. I used to work in a flower shop, so. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Okay. Chrysanthemum. Sorry that I said it wrong through my whole freaking review. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I need Kayla to get down I, here and look at you. <laughs> I do it out of love. <laughs> well, what book did you read this I, week? I, this week, read a book Martha would also just 
hate. <laughs> you know, you, it's all you about guys Martha's really hatred. make me sound like a bit. Am I really that bad? It's Sometimes. The, it's the oh, most adorable book I've ever read, and you would hate every oh, moment. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. Okay. So I was sitting in a sweet. living room oh, okay. texting my friend. Saying, this Martha's going to hate this. This is the cutest thing I've ever read. <laughs> And I've read a lot of romances. So what I read this week was It Takes Two to Tumble by Kat Sebastian, who is a new author to me. Martha's already making faces. I'm, I'm so You know excited. what? Just the name. Just, just the name. Don't the name. look at me. You're right in front of me. <laughs> you tell her to move over there so yeah, you, you can see her. Yeah, you want to see my face. Make me feel like a leper you, over here in no man's land. Should I print out a picture of Martha real quick? For those of you out there who cannot see us, which would be pretty much everyone, there's a monitor at the radio station here that sits right in front of me. And usually I'll move the monitor in such a way that I can see everyone. Well, I just moved the monitor so it's directly in front of Alyssa <laughs> so that she can't see me now. Move your head around like So she this. can get through her entire review without being distracted by the look on my face. Alyssa, I'll make funny It's still not working, her, by the way. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this novel, its basis starts out in, have, if you've seen The Parent Trap, so my favorite part of the parent trap, aside from the singing, is the relationship between Maria and Captain Von Trap because it's a really cute the parent trap. No, that's not parent trap. That's the <laughs> sound of music. Sound of music. <laughs> now that like, was justified. I was like, maybe I just don't remember the character no, names of the totally parent trap. I was totally justified in well, that. As soon as you said Von Trap, I'm like, Von Trap, and no. then Trap got in there. <laughs> eventually fall in love and that is kind of the basis for this story so uh captain philip dacre has been off on a ship doing i don't know ship stuff they don't really go into it but he's got he works for the government and i don't know what they were doing on ships back then they weren't in a war but they were doing something out there so see that's the part i'd be interested in is the stuff on the it's ship. maybe 40 pages like 40, not even 40 pages, like 40 sentences total are dedicated to this boat. It was a ship. It was a big ship. It was a ship. He was doing stuff on there. He was on the boat a long time. The so, end. That's let's it. get to the romance bit. He is coming back home after a particularly long stint on the ship uh, because his wife has died. And so that has left his children, of which he has four, um alone and they're being cared for but as he comes back and realizes they're the worst children on the face of the earth <laughs> um they're into everything they're the fuck are you doing now she's very distracting sometimes <laughs> <laughs> taking a picture for the folks at home take a picture of martha now so they're into everything. They're always causing trouble every day. They're unleashing a new fresh hell upon 
the village and the villagers that are near them. What are you doing? Taking a picture of Martha. <laughs> Last week they were Martha was trying to eat pizza while I was doing my review. I can't <laughs> help it, you guys. <laughs> It wasn't crunches. It was it was the sound of my microphone cord. Because I'm no. the one that had to cut it out. There was no the, crunching. But we all heard crunches. Every, I can all. hear the crunches. <laughs> Three Smile against one. So, <laughs> anyways, circling so. back around. So, because these children um, are Horrible. unholy and evil. <laughs> um, I mean, in the way that younger children can be. They're not evil. They're just causing as much trouble as their tiny bodies can they're cause. They're just rambunctious. Yeah, they're just rambunctious. So uh, the They're lo- just busy. They're just busy. <laughs> That's what parents say about their shitty children. He's just busy. So um, the local vicar, whose name is Ben, he has been kind of conscripted to take care of these children until the captain can come back. Mm-hmm. Because nobody knows what to do. And he is the most patient person and the theory is well he's a vicar so maybe they'll be nicer to him (laughs) (laughs) so he's been kind of caring for these children and trying to take care of them in a way that they don't realize they're being managed and taken care of he's been Mm -hmm. really sneaky about he's like well what if we do this fun thing (laughs) and then they're distracted for like an hour and a half so philip comes back and he's like well who the fuck are you (laughs) (laughs) Why are you letting my children do these things? Um, very much like Captain Von Trapp. He's like, no, we're going to do this and this and this. It's very structured. And it's going to be serious and structured. Well, he tries his best and it doesn't work. Um, so the romance in this story is between Ben and Captain Philip. And it kind of starts out. They're like, I'm attracted to you. And I'm attracted to you. And they're like, Did no, you just gonna... say Ben? Yeah, Ben. And, and Captain Philip. So it's a male on male? Yeah. Oh. I totally missed that till just this minute. It's because you can't see my face. Did you say that earlier? No, I don't think you said that earlier. Yeah, I think she did. I not. All right. Okay. So, yeah. Now that we've clarified. Now that we've clarified but, that we've got Martha men. can't see my face anymore, so we can't mind meld. No, and I can't do that because you always get distracted and you say I'm making faces and I'm not. <laughs> so I'm over here and you're over there and you're going to get through your review without hating me. <laughs> I don't hate you. <laughs> So uh, they're both trying really hard to kind of deny that they're super attracted to each other, especially in light of the fact that uh, one, Philip is going to go back on the boat at some point. Um, And two, because Ben is a vicar. And so maybe that's not the best plan for him in the 1800s. But it doesn't matter. They overcome those problems uh, because they love each other. And I can't describe how adorable this book is. <laughs> it was so cute. It was really light on drama. It was just two people falling in love. And it was cute and sweet. And I recommend it to absolutely everyone because I had the most fun time reading it. I won't give away anything else. Uh, but it's a romance, so it's going to turn out how you think, which is a good thing. And that was It Takes Two to Tumble by Cat Sebastian. <laughs> Martha's coming out of hiding, no? Martha's just sliding the computer slowly out of the way. Hi, Alyssa. Hi, Martha. I missed you. We made it all the way through. We did. And I didn't make any faces. Did I make faces? I can't help the faces that my face makes. 
sometimes, which is terrible because the other day we're walking in the mall, Dylan and I, uh-huh. going shopping, and he punches me so hard in the arm, and I'm like, what? He goes, Mom, you're going to get my ass kicked. <laughs> I said, Why? He goes, I saw the way you looked at that guy with his pants down, you know, because, he, you know, they wear their pants down so low. And I, I could see his entire ass, his entire underwear. He had he had the belt around his around his legs instead of his ass. Uh-huh. And I guess I made a really obvious face. <laughs> Dylan was so pissed at me. So I'm the least of your worries. Yeah, I, I just about saying. got our ass kicked at the mall the other day. <laughs> Martha is her own worst enemy. I am. <laughs> I also don't know how to whisper, evidently. No, you don't. Because I you said, really? I didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan's like, shut up. <laughs> Poor Dylan. <laughs> he loved his mommy. <laughs> okay, no pizza this time. No, I, and I'm really sorry. I totally you apologize. you free review today, Nicole? No. So last time I'm I was like so reviewing, right? And the pizza gets done. So uh-huh. I'm still reviewing. Martha like gets up out of her seat, runs to the kitchen. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to ignore. Her. And then she brings back four plates and is trying to like hand it to everybody while I'm talking. <laughs> I'm sorry. So then she sits down with pizza and she's like, Nicole's not taking her plate. So she just sets it somewhere. <laughs> then she starts eating her pizza, crunches a little bit. Wait, I guess wasn't on the microphone. It wasn't. Fine. But- and then Travis is like, because he's there, he brings more pizza. And I'm like, no. <laughs> this is stop I am pizza. Like, Get out of here guys it's like uh, it's ingrained in me because we do pizza every week and that's I'm usually the one who has to go cut the pizza and then we pass out the pizza and it's like a routine and I wasn't I was like, Travis, if you take one more step over here, I will murder you. Get that pizza away from Martha. Don't let her fool you. It's and not I was... ingrained in her. That's a normal night at Martha's house. Yeah. If you're over there, she's going to like bring you things, take things away. She's going to go do this, Next go do time, that. Next time, I'm getting shoestrings and tying her to the chair <laughs> so that she'll sit still so that we can finish the podcast so she can eat the pizza. We're just not doing the podcast there. If we you guys cut out a lot of content now. last week's episode. Oh, yes, we did. Yeah. Yes. We had a lot. We had we to had cut out to. a lot. Yeah, because <laughs> Martha has. Because I didn't issues. hear any of this. I have issues. Evidently, <laughs> we, we've known this for a while, though. I have attention deficit disorder, and it gets really obvious. I actually wrote a paper about her for she um, did for my <laughs> for her my, psychology class. I think it was socio- yeah. sociology, sociology or psychology class. Yep. I got an A on it. Yep. I let her read it before I. You're A it material. In. I am. I'm an A. Okay. All right. So I read. It's a new release. Came out this week. I actually won it somehow. I don't really you remember. You won it? Yeah. Like, sometimes I'll just enter these random giveaways, and then this one just showed up on my doorstep. So I was like, oh. How come I never win it? Kayla wins shit all the time, too. You guys always win. Kayla enters everything, so statistically, she's yeah, got to win a lot true. of stuff. <laughs> she does. She yeah. has a system. <laughs> she does. For the record, I enter a lot of shit and win, like, once a year. Because last year, I won some, I remember that. Uh, yeah. Jasmine Ward books. But mm-hmm. anyways, so, but I was really actually excited about this book coming out, and it's called The Disasters, but it's by PC Cast and oh. Kristen Cast, and I've um, reviewed their books before, the House of Night series. Tulsa. Yes, yeah, so when I was in high school, I read these books, and I kind of fell in love with the House of Night series, because I lived in Nevada, but they were talking about Tulsa a lot, so it was kind of a little piece of home. Mm-hmm. And I remember really enjoying these books. 
So then I was like, cool, I'm going to read The Disasters when, when I, and I got this book. And I have to say, I do not remember their writing being this young adult. Like, oh, um, no, so that was a little a, bit young yeah. for you. I had to fight through this one, oh, which I'm still going to review yeah. it because I think the story had some when, good bones. When you grow up, yeah, it, yeah, it's hard. But uh, so essentially, um, the disasters follows the story of first year. You hear about Foster, and she is just turned eighteen. Um, she's had a difficult childhood because her family died, and then she had this adopted mother, and then her adopted father died, supposedly, and then on her, like, a year before her 18th birthday, her adopted mother was just like, we're going to figure out how to live, like, off the radar, so they they sell all their shit, and they just kind of live, um, and Foster doesn't really know why. And then on her 18th birthday, she knows they're looking for somebody. She doesn't really know why. And they end up at this high school football game. And it's her and her adopted mother. And they find, she, Foster finds out they've been looking for this, this guy. But he's one of the football players on the football team. So they find him this night. But while they're at the football game, all of a sudden there's tornadoes. Like a tornado pops up. Well, that makes perfect sense. It's very well, Oklahoma. It is Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, so yeah that wait, this sense. actually isn't in Oklahoma. <laughs> oh, where is it? Yeah, but this she, one, they're from Oklahoma, yeah, they're though, from so that's Oklahoma. why it makes sense. So they know about tornadoes. Yes. <laughs> they live them. But this tornado pops up, and the entire, I mean, your high school football game, you've got everybody freaking out, and Foster's step, or adopted mother start like has a heart attack while this tornado Ooh. is coming towards oh, no. them. So Foster's like freaking out, and then this high school football player is trying to come help her deal with this, and they're both getting really angry about like the tornado. Foster can't get her mom off the ground to come, and then so the mom starts telling her like, "Look, like I'm dying right now. You need to go, but you need to take Tate is the football player his name. You need to take him, and you guys need to take my purse. And there's a letter in there, and it's going to tell you what to do." Essentially, they're saying, like, you guys are on the run from somebody. And anyways, Tate and Foster end up getting so pissed off that somehow they end up, like, their anger. This is really complicated. But anyways, they end up trying to stop the tornado, right? With their anger? No, they're super. They have superpowers. Oh. So, but they don't know it. But they they just, they just... Okay. Bombshell. <laughs> Is that in the letter? Mind kind of. Okay. <laughs> well, okay, so uh, we'll back up a little bit. Foster, even when she was younger, she always thought she had superpowers, and so she would try to, like, practice on, like, flowers and try to get them to grow really fast. Or sometimes she would call, like, I don't remember. It was kind of a cute name, but she would try to, like, uh, brainwash somebody a little bit and mm-hmm. she said sometimes it would work but she could never actually do it on purpose mm-hmm. um and so during this tornado deal all of a sudden she's just like fuck it and she ca- tries to tell the tornadoes to stop well tate ends up helping her and they the tornado ends up splitting into like five Anyways, so the, the tornado wasn't listening. If you yes. cut off the head of a snake and it grows three back, you kind of are more fucked than yeah. you were when you started. Okay. So anyways, foster mom dies. They end up 
following the letter, go to this safe house in like, I don't really remember where, like Washington or Oregon or somewhere up there. And the safe house has this room where they find out that Foster's And this is really early on in the book, guys. I'm still not giving anything. This book moves really quick, by the way. Um, (laughs) So uh, in the safe house, there's a like room that's secret. You pull like a little lever and this room, you know, one of the. Yes. I've always wanted a hidden room. Uh uh, So Foster, so they find out that Foster's adopted father, he was a scientist and he altered the genetics of some babies. Foster was one of them. Tate was one of them. Well, it turns out there were actually eight total. But what he did is he somehow uh, genetically changed their genes so that they were connected to certain elements. So Foster and Tate, and he did them in pairs, so somehow they're also connected to each other. So their powers work uh, when they're... In tandem. They have to be together. And so... Their Wonder Twin powers activate. Yeah. <laughs> Shape of a tornado. Well, so Tate and Foster are bound with air, but then they find out that this guy, his name's Dr. Rick, he's actually trying to find them again because he wants to use them on some other experiment. So that's who they're running from. So their new goal during this book is to go find the other three pairs of people. So hmm. and learn how to use their powers that they had no idea they had. Hmm. So it's a uh, Kind of, it, uh, yeah. Maybe, so, maybe your kids, your young adults might like reading it. I think if you're like 13, 14, you're, this is not like a, <clears throat> I mean, I think the story was interesting. And secondly, not to give anything, well, I'm just going to give this away. It's not really like a major spoiler or anything, but I think it is important. I like the how diverse this book is. And I think that's going to be very important because it is a young adult book. But one of the pairs that they find, one of them is, he was born as Charlie, but now he is Charlotte. Oh, or trans. She is. So, cool. yeah. So, uh, and there's a lot of different, there's a lot of diversity within this book. Um, hmm. Like a lot of different skin color. Like, I, I found it, you don't see that a whole lot. Yeah, especially in young true. adult yeah. books. It's very refreshing yeah. when you do find it. And so, just because I had to kind of fight through this because of the age level it was written for mm-hmm. sometimes it was repetitive mm. which is not i don't like that i i don't need anything repeat i'd hate reading a series where they're like where you have to go through book. all of that yeah i know i hate that too yeah. mm-hmm. so but i thought the the premise of it in like i, I like sci-fi i like super, the superhero thing mm-hmm. and the backstory with the scientist evil scientist i thought it was really interesting cool so this sounds like this might be a good one for, like, young male mm-hmm. adult, adults. Like, because a lot of the young adult, like, especially, like, 13, 14-year-old, they're all, like, romancy and they're based for for girl readers. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like this one would be good for, like, a male reader. Yes, there is some romance in it because <laughs> Tate and Foster end up kind uh-huh. of dating. But it's not, like, it's not inappropriate. It's... Like for a thirteen-year-old, it's appropriate for that. They're not that having sex. Like there's rampantly. a lot of like you know, action though too. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of action, and it moves pretty quick. So if yeah, so that's good for young readers too. But it's called The Disasters, and it's by PC Cast and Kristen Cast, and they're from Oklahoma. So shout out to our fellow Okies. 
All right, guys. But I, did you read House of Night? I did. Was it this young adult? And I'm just not remembering it that way. Well, I read it when I was 15 or 16. See, so I didn't There's think, the hard part is when yeah, you read something. I didn't think it was at the time, but that doesn't. Yeah. Like, I, had, I went back then. and read it. You said it read very young adult. And I was like, I bet. Because they weren't my favorite. But I was like, if I went back yeah. and read one of those, I bet I'd get the same vibe. Probably. That's probably. what I'm thinking now. I'm kind of disappointed about it. There are very it. few things that make it through, like, to adult that are still mm-hmm. good. Artemis Fowl was one of them. Yes, Artemis Fowl is very, very, well. very few. Yeah, that can cut through the House of Night and series. Not read young to adults. Yeah, <laughs> House of Night series to me is like the true blood of literature, like for young adults. It is. For yeah. young adults. it's it like a, this fun vampire corny. There are so Oklahoma many accents, <laughs> but to read, yeah, yeah. no, they were super fun. They weren't dark. They didn't get Twilight got really depressing in the middle. Um. That's House true. of Night really never does. <laughs> no, like there's just always... she ends up like having sex with her professor or something. Like, she, did some... I not make it that far? <laughs> what? I didn't make it that far. Spoiler alert! I read like three of them, four. Or of somebody them? does. I don't remember. Anyways, <sighs> did you figure out what you're going to review yet? I did, actually. Yes. <laughs> Have you just been thinking about it the whole time? Yeah. No, I picked one book and then I went back and unpicked it because I remembered this other one. That I so want to talk to somebody about. It's killing me. Because it's one of those books where you kind of need to talk to somebody else about it to see what they thought of it. I know how you feel. Yes. Yeah. So what I read, and this, I read a physical book. I actually purchased it because of the cover. Love it. Love I it. Have, I have artists in my family. <laughs> and so if I see a cover that's really cool and interesting i'm intrigued and when we were in um we were in full circle books one day looking around i i think i might have been with you vani probably i don't remember but um maybe i don't know you've been besties with Alyssa a lot a lot lately (laughs) jealous just because we went to lunch one time (laughs) she's still jealous about that (laughs) i'm sorry you work on the south side (laughs) true and to be fair, I did move right next door to you. Yeah, yeah really. So the jealousy, yeah. No. I'm the hot girl now. We want I the guess. Hot girl. We're like fighting over you. <laughs> she's my friend. No, she's my friend. She's my friend. Get off her. <laughs> Listen, I'm much. Nicole's more- like, <clears throat> fuck y'all. <laughs> I'm going to take myself out to lunch, guys. <laughs> fuck you guys. <laughs> we'll all go next time, Nicole. Uh-huh. You've got Travis here. You always go to lunch with Travis. I go down the hall and you're gone. That's because I'm usually gone, but I ain't going to lunch with Travis. Oh. <laughs> I go looking for Nicole and it's like, Nicole? She's Sometimes like, nobody's going to stop me, man. A mental health break from this office. <laughs> do what I want to do. Anyway, okay, so this book I purchased because of the cover. It has a really, really beautiful cover. It's called Vita Nostra. By Marina Diachenko and Sergi Diachenko, and it is written in translation. Ooh. It's actually a Ukrainian mm. novel, so I get to mark that off my list for the reading challenge. What's that called again? The thing with the list? 2019. Yeah. Uh, Your New Goodreads? Year's was it Goodreads? Good, or? No. Pop Sugar, wasn't it? No. I don't know. I had was it Book Riot's reading challenge? Yeah. Yeah. Is it the one you were reading? reading challenge. Yeah, I, I I think we're all just using the same one, I thought. Yeah. I made my own up. I'm not doing it because it wanted me to read a book about space. 
Oh, well. <laughs> I didn't want I to. figured I'd just read as many as I, uh, I could, and then the rest of them, no. But anyway, okay. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't get the point of these. No. <laughs> no. Um, so it is uh, an international bestseller, and it is originally written in Ukrainian. So, anyway, it's it's probably the most unique novel I've ever read, and that is saying a lot. Wow. It's a fantasy novel, but in the beginning, it kind of feels like a fairy tale. Once upon a time. I like it. It, it feels like a fairy tale, because in the beginning, this girl and her mom are at the beach, and she sees this strange guy following her around. And she, like, runs away from him. She's freaked out by him. She tells her mom she's freaked out by him. But he keeps following her. And finally, he, they talk. And he says to her, I'm going to keep following you around. So you might as well just do what I tell you to do. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I know. So he gives what kind her... of fairy tales do you read? Really? This, I'm talking the dark fairy tales. Original Grimm's. Original <laughs> fairy tales. Original Grimm's. So. Scary <laughs> fucking fairy tales, okay? So he tells her, he gives her this task. He says, every morning at exactly 6 a.m., you have to go out and swim in the ocean to this pier or whatever. He gives her a very specific challenge, and she has to do it every single day until he tells her to stop. Fuck off, dude. <laughs> And if she doesn't do it, something really bad will happen. So the first time she goes out and she does it, and when she comes back, she throws up coins, gold coins. See what I mean? It feels like a fairy tale. It feels mm-hmm. like one of those mm-hmm. Grimm's fairy tales. So then at one point she decides not to do it and something bad happens. What happens? I, I got to tell you what bad happens. Is it something, early Something on? happens to her family. Oh, okay. Something, um, I can't remember. Honestly, I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's something like something happens with her family. Her her dad has a heart attack scare. Only it turns out to be a panic attack or something. But anyway, and he says, OK, look, if you don't do what I say, this kind of stuff is going to happen. So she she goes through and she follows through with these weird challenges that he gives her. And honestly, I was having a hard time with the book there for a while because none of this was making any sense. It was almost like these challenges didn't make any sense at all. Looking back on it, they really don't make sense. But it was such a cool book. As the summer gets over, her mentor says, okay, now I know that you plan to go to college at this other place over here, but you're not going there. You're going where I tell you to go. You're going to the Institute of Special Technologies in this town that nobody really knows about. And her parents are like, I don't even know where that is. I've never heard of this place. Why do you want to go there? Well, it's her job to convince them because something's bad. Something bad is going to happen if she doesn't go there. So her parents don't know about this. No, they don't know anything about it. But at the same time, her mom is kind of flaky. She's a single parent. Um, her dad is off married to somebody else. What are you trying to say? Single parents are flaky? No, but her mom is like, he, she meets this dude on the beach when they're at this thing, mm-hmm. and they kind of hook up. Oh. So she's kind of got a romance going on the side and is distracted by that at the time. And she ends up, actually, the guy comes and lives with them. 
I know. It's, it's really weird. So you kind of get this vibe of the whole magical technology center, but... Was it called Hogwarts? No. (laughs) See, here's where there is no relation whatever to anything else I've ever read like this. You don't understand what the fuck they're doing. There's no correlation to anything magical going on. You can't see anything. You just know that they're studying something. They give them these books. You know, each person has a different challenge. They're not allowed to talk to each other about it. They're not allowed to, it's just so secretive and it's maddening because you're trying to figure out what the fuck is going on and you can't figure it out. And they don't know what they're learning. They'll do stuff like, they'll give them this book that they have to get through reading, reading this book, but, but it doesn't make any sense, but they have to keep reading it. So it's like, you're confused and they're confused and everybody's confused and you would think that this would be a terrible book, but it was just fascinating. And I just got so sucked into it. So complex and beautiful and confusing as fuck. But it really did. Eventually, st- eventually you start to see the magic. But it was really hard won. And I think maybe that that's the reason that I liked it. But it was so super original. I can't even explain to you how original this book was. Hmm. I did not give it five stars because, honestly, I need to have the ending explained to me. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think I'd like it. No, you'd hate it. You would hate it, Vonnie. I might like it, but full disclosure, I just made so many faces of Martha. (laughs) See, it doesn't bother (laughs) me. They were all what the fuck faces. And this book is like a what the fuck. The whole thing. I can't explain it. It, Huh. I want someone else to read this book so that we can talk about it because it there's a correlation. This is going to sound super weird between language and magic. Ooh, I, I that's all I'm going to say about that. But it was so cool. It felt like a dark fairy tale. The whole thing did. But I really honestly did not understand the ending I, I almost need to go back and read. My Goodreads review says, um, what the hell? I think I'm going to need to read this again, only slower. Beautifully written and completely original. Both describe this book, but also maddeningly difficult to get to get it all in one read. I totally miss the meaning of the ending. So cool, so gorgeous, but it defies description. Having said that, I wish the ending had not... Ev- I wish the ending hadn't been so... Whatever the hell it was, because really it was, I think I would have given it five stars if it would have had an ending that I, I would, it made me feel stupid at the end because I didn't get it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You ever read a book like that where yes. you're like, what the fuck? Did I miss something here? That's how I felt about Gone Girl. That's not a popular opinion. <laughs> well, I hated Gone Girl. <gasps> I did Yes, I hated Gone Girl. <laughs> My stepmom hated it and was like, I need you to read this because your dad won't. I need to talk to <laughs> and then I read it and I was like, I hate it too. <laughs> I, I I liked the movie though, having said that. I thought it was beautifully written. Yeah. I just didn't I so anyway, it was called Vita Nostra by Marina Diachenko and Sergei Diachenko. 
And if anybody else has read this book and understands what the fuck happened in the ending, you have to private message me on Facebook and tell me because it's driving me crazy or on Twitter. It was really good, though, having you, said all that. Can you message on Instagram? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you? Yeah, but people who try to... In- I have an issue with Instagram. I get all these weird dudes trying to hit me up on Instagram. You got to block yeah. them. Just but ignore here's them. the weird thing is I put right on my profile, happily married. They're they bots. They're, they're bots. They're stupid. It's not real. Ugh, they're bots probably. and scams. <laughs> Fuckers. It's driving me crazy. They but want I you to actually... fall deeply in love with them and send them $6,000 so they can... Or they're uh... porn bots, which is a whole other thing on oh, Instagram. Oh, lovely. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, so uh, I heard that there was a uh, something Twitter related going on in Lissa's world this week. Yeah, I've got a uh, dispatch from Romance Land. Ooh, uh, we should have a little music for that. Tinkling bells. And this just in. In Romance Land, this just in. Alyssa can't stay off Twitter. That's not news. So last year I. Brought everyone the joy that was cocky gate. Yes, you did. We've got a new one accompanied by its own hashtag as well. Oh, lovely. So this scandal in romance land started about a week and a half, two weeks ago, I want to say. But it's been ongoing. It's still going on. So an author, Chris Soroya, who is a USA Today bestselling author. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Courtney Milan, whose book I reviewed at our live episode a couple weeks ago, Courtney Milan was contacted by someone that said, this woman, Chris Arroyo, this other author, has plagiarized one of your books. Mm, We hate plagiarizers. We hate plagiarism. And so the shit hit the fan (laughs) from there. So Courtney Milan, um, she used to be a lawyer. She like, she, I mean, and like she clerked for the Supreme Court level lawyer. <laughs> Whoa! Don't yeah. piss that girl off. So Courtney Milan is approximately the worst person you could ever plagiarize. And so after doing her due diligence and double checking this Chris Arroyo's book, um, as it turned out, she had plagiarized several scenes. And so Courtney Milan took this information to Twitter. Mm. And Twitter, as it does, was on it. Oh, yeah. And so <laughs> the book the book that they started investigating was called Royal Love um, by Chris Arroyo. And so readers started taking pieces of this book, copying and pasting them to search engines and seeing if other pieces were plagiarized. And so after searching all of Chris Arroyo's books over a couple days, the tally for authors and books plagiarized, it was, she's plagiarized 53 books, <gasps> 34 authors, three articles, three websites, and two recipes. But wait, the, my favorite part of this entire story, because yeah. I heard, I was reading this, I think on Book Right or yeah. something. Oh yeah, it made it everywhere. Her excuse, do you, did Yes, I, yes, I heard this. She had several, but yes, keep going. <laughs> My favorite excuse that I read was it was her ghostwriter's fault. Uh-huh. Oh, I, I heard that it was her dog died. <laughs> oh, that was another one. Oh, yeah, okay. Did her dog have kids? Oh, that's she, a different She one. was blaming it on her ghostwriter. <laughs> Which is also shady as fuck. <laughs> yeah. So, suppose, so then, after that, uh, two of her ghostwriters came forward, both 
contacted Courtney Milan because she posted this on her blog, and they separately confirmed that what Chris Arroyo, who may or may not even be a real person, um, mm. it's very popular in the romance community to write under a pseudonym. I mean, lots of books are like hey, that. Hey, I mean, maybe it's the guy. No. <laughs> maybe he's guy. a romance writer also. <laughs> the dude we were talking about last week. I highly doubt it. Darn it. That would be a great story, no, though, wouldn't gonna it? No, he's going to absolutely be one of those people who thinks that romance is beneath him, so yeah. it's not him. <laughs> um, so the whole romance community kind of rallied because she has hit indie authors. She hit published authors. She hit the most famous author of all time in the romance community, Nora fucking Roberts. <laughs> oh, Boy, this, really? this girl is beyond... Um... Yeah. Stupid? Yeah. I and horrible. The comparison between like the paragraphs she wrote and then the ones that well, essentially copied. the copied one and she yeah. because she's using they're so obvious. Well, it's yes. almost well, a it's almost word for word, but sometimes she'll mm-hmm. like move a couple words, but she doesn't take out the like she'll use some extravagant word that mm-hmm. only that author like nobody else is going to use that word. Yeah. And she's like throwing it into her work, and I'm just like, it's very this bad, is idiotic. <laughs> yeah. So she originally tried to kind of defend herself, and then uh, after that failed. She was like, I didn't know that this was happening. How could this be happening? She then scrubbed her internet presence. <laughs> so I do. Um, so there are 34 authors total. Um, some of the more interesting. She plagiarized Wikipedia. Hmm. What? Oh, um, yeah. A Jamie Oliver recipe. Something called <laughs> The Field Magazine. She plagiarized a pheasant recipe. <laughs> I mean, fucking no. Um, the Knot, which is a wedding magazine. Mm-hmm. The Guardian. <laughs> um, but some of the authors that she plagiarized, and there are many, but there, I've reviewed a lot of them <laughs> on this podcast. Nicole! has read one of these books and so is Martha because Outlander was on the Outlander. list Jesus Eat. Outlander Damn. she also got um, Courtney Milan she got one two three four of her books Courtney Milan is a New York Times best selling author and extremely well known um, Gina Showalter who mm-hmm. is I've heard of uh, her Paranormal Romance mm-hmm. also another best seller um, Julia Quinn who is um, one of basically what I would consider probably the top three, eh, top five romance writers alive today? Um, one of hers, Cressley Cole. Um, you've you've reviewed all of I these. I reviewed Cressley Cole. One of which is basically the book that people love the most of hers. <laughs> Got that one, mm. Lisa Kleypas, who I've also reviewed on this podcast. I was say yes, yes, yes. Check, um, check. Nora Roberts, what the fuck? Sarah McLean, Tessa Dare, and then Victoria Alexander, who I reviewed last time I was here. So it's not good. Um, it's the biggest Twitter drama we've had on a long time. Um, an overall drama. I hope that someone sues the ever-loving shit out of her. Well, I'm sure that you will keep us informed yes, as if- to what happens. We'll check in with you again on this scandal. Yes, and if you want more information about it 
because this is this is just skimming the surface. The hashtag copy paste Chris. Mm-hmm. You'll find oh. it all. You'll find it all on Twitter, and it's Chris C R I S. Okay. Uh, you can find everything you ever wanted to know on Twitter. Or Book Riot's article was pretty good yeah. too. Um, <laughs> aggregating kind we of we love all the Book Riot. Book Riot is the bomb for book girls. In other Twitter news, has anybody seen the cheese challenge? <laughs> yeah. Cheese? No. What that is, is that? So mean. It's hilarious. Okay, I just got on Twitter one day. It's like, not real cheese for those of you it's who, craft are, cheese, who are craft cheese, craft singles in That's other not, countries ew. because this is yeah, so pro- totally not cheese. It's processed like cheese, cheese food. I think is what they call it. It is. It's it's cheese. It's like processed cheese. It's kind of sticky. But anyway, and it comes in like single. It does make the best grilled cheeses wrapped in (laughs) Yeah. So anyways, I get on Twitter one day and I'm almost never get on Twitter because I'm a horrible person and it's just not my jam. But the first thing that immediately popped up was this cheese challenge in which the first video is somebody throwing a piece of cheese and it landing on a baby's face and just sticking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. People are doing this. Their infants are sitting in their and high their chairs. Dogs. Their dogs and cats. <laughs> cats. They're sitting in their high chairs and they just fling a piece of, of cheese to see if it sticks to the kids. It's like flinging a piece of spaghetti at the wall to see if it's done. So freaking... Excuse me, I need to go put my nephew through the cheese challenge now. People are so stupid. Why would you throw it at your infant? Guys, watch. <laughs> That's just sad. Just like, um, so this is America, people. Check it out. Look it up. The that cheese was challenge. Happy. Some of these children are very happy. Those dogs. Are, that dog caught it in his mouth. Dog's I was like, going to say, my dog it would never hit her face. My dog go would be so confused and then hide under the bed. <laughs> Oh, my dog be like cheese, cheese. <laughs> I think I know. I think I'm bringing some craft singles to the podcast next time. If you throw cheese at me, I will never come back. <laughs> oh, and on that note, I think that's going to do it for three, three book girls. I would never throw cheese at you. I love you. <laughs> Can't get enough of three book girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.